0: hello everyone welcome to the leadership talks podcast so today it's a very special show the first episode of 2023 and i have monique jones with me welcome to the show monique
1: thank you thank you for having me
0: well aloha i'm gonna tell you that i love <laughs> <Yes>. the <this>
1: background <laughs> yes. oh i can't wait for summer again it's 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 taking too long
0: Yeah, you know, I chase the the beach vibes of every vacation opportunity that I have. I'm looking for, you know, to going somewhere exotic in
1: the sun. (laughs) Absolute same. I'm actually looking for my next place to go now. You know, I need something to look forward to. You know, I have to have something planned, something that just keeps me motivated. And usually it's a beach, a beach vacation, you know, keeps me motivated, ready for me to get to whenever that weekend is going to be.
0: Oh my suggestions too if you have any. (laughs) Wahoo, you know, big islands. We can talk. We can talk definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So Monique, um, how did you start in the hospitality industry? Um, I wanted you to give us, you know, a, a little bit of the background on that. And what is your um thoughts about you know the current year for the hospitality so two questions
1: in one (laughs) we'll start with the first one Uh, i gotta be fully transparent my entry into hospitality was really really random it wasn't planned um i started at a hotel uh probably when i was around 25 years old um just totally by accident i was looking for something I'll, i'll be totally honest that I did not have a lot of direction when I was in my early 20s. You know, I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but, you know, it wasn't really solid. It was having fun like we all did in our 20s, you know, just trying to find direction. Um, And I knew someone that had a position open at a hotel. Uh, And so I started as a sales coordinator, which is assistant to the sales team, uh, really in in hospitality world. And anybody that's been in that role knows you kind of become assistant to the entire hotel. (laughs) for a certain time. Um, But I really just joined not knowing a lot about hospitality thinking, you know, when I heard that term hospitality, I always thought of food service. I didn't really think of the sales side of hotels, didn't know anybody prior to that in uh, hotel sales. But when I got into that job, I learned quickly that this is something I like, like this is a field that I enjoy. This is a a field where you get a lot of interaction with people and I can be a a people person, you know? Um, And I, I like that interaction. Um, I think the sales team at that time really saw my interest and just decided we're going to grow her. You know, this is a person that that wants to find out more about our industry. And so my director of sales at the time um, and the, the sales managers and then the conference planners at the time, they just really took me under their wing and started to show me the ropes of, you know, what they're doing in their everyday lives. And I'm, it, it became something that I said, yeah, this is this is a path that I can stay on. This is something that I think that I want to grow in. I enjoy it. And, you know, when you like your work, it, it makes it easy um so I ended up at that property for 10 years uh, I spent the the first half of the, my time there as the sales coordinator and then grew into the revenue manager's role and that's what things really took off that's when I was like oh yeah this is for me <laughs> I learned in that job that I really am you know data driven I I like to find opportunities within data and then help people to grow with that information um and so I I really took off I became very successful in that role but just the fact that I enjoyed it, I had fun going out and meeting people and connecting with others. And I found mentors. I found other people in the same position that you know were helping to, to give ideas and to share and to grow and to introduce me to other people. Um, so even now, as I'm talking about it, you can see I'm still really excited. Um, but I, I'm, I think I'm really, really lucky to have found an industry that I liked um, at a time so young in my life that helped to kind of give me direction. And because of that, job like starting as a sales coordinator that's literally why I am where I am now and and you know it's given me that that kind of stability um and that desire to keep growing I I still have a lot of time now so who knows where I'll end up next but um very very happy and, and very very lucky and blessed I would say to to have been able to find this path and the people along the way so yeah, that's that's how I fell into hospitality. Um, my view on the state of the hospitality industry now, this, I know that what we went through recently, you know, the big word COVID, the pandemic, uh, it definitely has changed the way we've done business just in the last few years. Um, but hospitality has always been this way. There's always a big event and this industry gets hit first. You know, business travel, leisure travel is the first thing that people kind of scale back on when there's uncertainty in the world. Um, I think those people that have been in this industry for a long time, they know that some people can take it. Um, it's You definitely got to have tough skin. You got to uh, be able to put a plan in place so that you have security when these things happen. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a it's a very dynamic industry. We never know what's going to happen from day to day. We never know, uh, you know, what next big event is going to come and derail all of our plans and our forecasts and our budgets. Uh, But uh, to me, it does kind of keep it exciting. Uh, You know, so we're, we're in a a place, now. I think we have more stability now than we did a couple of years ago. Um, and, and things are definitely picking back up now. Uh, it's definitely exciting time again to be in hospitality because we're seeing now forecasts that look a lot better than they did years in the past. Um, but, you know, you like I said, you never know. You just got to be prepared for whatever is coming your way. Yeah.
0: So Monique, I totally agree with you. You know, it's been definitely a couple of years that has been very challenging for the industry. But I might say, um you are a leader that I admire very much. Uh Um, I've had the opportunity to work alongside you. And I've seen you in action, right? We've hosted uh, a couple webinars together and so on. But one of the things that I cannot wrap my head around is (laughs) you are a mother of two, you're a wife, you're a sister, you are this leader and you keep the the team motivated. And how do you do all of that? (laughs) Because I'm like, oh my gosh, you're here and you're there and you are, you know, um, with this calm and serene uh, 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 emotional intelligence, I want (laughs) to say, but, you know, talk, talk to us about that.
1: Yeah. Well, the calm and sereneness definitely comes from years in this, you know, this world. You have to be that kind of special kind of person to be able to be in hospitality, to just manage things well and to not be one to jump off a cliff as soon as things go bad (laughs) because you won't make it. Um, But then on top of that, too, I I, I am a wife. I am a mom and all these things. Um, I think actually women in business, the wife title and the mom title always gets called out. But I think just us as women, we wear many hats, whether we're wives or moms or not, you know, like to be an aunt, to be a grandmother, to be a friend, you know, to be anything. We take on a lot as women. And I think we all do a really good job of being able to balance the different areas, you know, of our lives. We all have things going on. Um, It, it does take, balance. It takes a concerted effort to be able to to be present in every different area of life, you know, be fully present to give everything that you can. Um, I, I think I am the way I am though for my kids and, and for my family. I work so hard because I want to be able to provide for them. And I want to show them the example of, you know, a a good example of, of how I want them to be able to go out into the world and be even better than I am. You know, I feel like if I do the best that I can, it'll give them the tools and the strength and the knowledge that they need to go out into the world and be even better. I don't want them to be where I am. I don't want them to have the same struggles that I've had, but I want them to know how to handle life and, and how to be able to go out and balance and, and be a good person in society and, and make a good life for themselves to be able to survive when, you know, I'm not here anymore. And then to be able to pass down that same, you know, if they have children or whoever, you know, comes into their lives that they're influencing. Um So the, that mom role really does motivate me everywhere else, especially at work. Um, I, I know. My daughter, she is one that is very vocal um, about how she likes to see what I do. Uh, she, she is one that encourages me outwardly every single day. My son, he's a little older, he's almost a teenager. So you know how they are, they don't say much, uh, but I know they're both watching. And so I, I try to be the best that I can uh, so that you know I can pass that down and, and and be that role model for them that so many have been for me.
0: That's beautiful. And one thing that uh, resonates with me is like you said, you want to be a role model because but that's one of the uh, leadership um, skills that you have, you know, not just in the family side, but also on a professional life. So who was um, that mentor for you that was that role model in your life? if you want to share.
1: Yes, I have, I got to say, I, we don't have time to go through all of my mentors and I, I would love to give credit to everybody. I hope nobody, if they ever see this, <laughs> but I do, I will say I give praises where praises are due to everybody that comes into my life and pours into me. Um, but one that really stands out, especially for this conversation, her name is Tyra Marshall. Uh, she was my director of sales at um, the, the, the property that I worked at in the past, uh, but she is just one that I can say, Not just for me, I've seen her give so much of herself to everybody around her, you know? And she is one that loved to see others succeed. She is one that didn't feel like she was successful unless the others that were, you know, around her in her bubble were successful as well. That's how she measured, you know, her own kind of success. But she is the one that really took the time uh, to help me and to help me get developed when I you know realized that I was going to take on the role of the revenue manager. She's the one that really showed me the ropes and uh, helped me to get signed up for courses and learning and and get connected with different people. She introduced me to a few other people that also became mentors. Um, but even after I, you know she moved on into another role and I moved on into another career or another job, Um, we still to stay connected. Like she's still one that I'll call on for advice. She's still one that will randomly just send me a text of encouragement, you know, out of, out of the blue. Um, But yeah, she's, she's definitely got some longevity in the, the hospitality industry, a lot of knowledge. And she used that knowledge to kind of pour into others. And I, I, it is because of her that I kind of want to do the same thing. Like I, I want to be able to, give so much of myself, you know, to others that I don't want to hold on to the knowledge that I've gained. That's, that's what I'm trying to say there. I want to be able to, to spread it so that again, when I'm not in this career anymore, hopefully when I'm retired on the beach, as lovely <laughs> <laughs> that there'll be somebody else that can, can take that knowledge on it and, and grow with it. Um, but yeah, that one, I'm, I'm ever so thankful for, for meeting her. It, she, she, I don't even know if she knows, you know, just how much of my life path that she influenced and, and so thankful for that.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And what is your um, leadership style, Monique? Because you said, you know, a little earlier that you you like to be around people and, you know, you're data-driven um, leader. What does that mean for the listeners, you know, that are... Checking us out here at the leadership talks.
1: Yeah, that is a great question, and that's actually an area that I'm working on because when you're when it comes to actually leading people, you have to be able to kind of meet them where you are, where they are rather. Um, that flexing style that I know we all hear of. I am one that I try to lead by everybody else's kind of example or their flow. So whatever someone is giving me, you know, I try to give them back what it is exactly they're asking for, you know. And I, so I do start with a lot of questions. I start with observe, you know observing to try and see if I can find areas that I can help to influence, um, but then also just flat out asking people what is it that they need, where would they like to grow, and then we go together. Um, that I think right there, that word togetherness would would definitely uh, be a word that I'd use for my management style. I don't ever want to come in like the word boss kind of makes me itch. You know, <laughs> I don't know what it is about that, um, but I don't like to have that kind of manager subordinate type of, you know, relationship in any kind of area that I'm, I'm leading. I like to go with people. I like to, and then also I like to have the people that I'm leading in the front, you know, like I'm, I want to be behind to kind of catch people where they need help or when they fall, but I want the people that I'm leading to go out and become leaders themselves and feel empowered, um, to, to do whatever it is that they need to do without me and come to me when, you know, there's, you know, a trouble or advice or help, you know, assistance that's needed. Um, so yeah, kind of putting people first and, and going with the flow of what it is that they need and, and trying to grow together is, is my management style.
0: Fantastic. And I can uh, testify for that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, going back, like in terms of uh, because, you know, also for myself, um, I started in the hotel business as I was a director of sales on property. And there is always this challenge between the DOS and the revenue manager, right? Because we are here. Telling people, hey, you know, this is what we can do. And I'm trying to flex, you know, and offer the most I can on, you know, a big contract for a special client, right? Revenue manager comes along and it's like, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa.
1: Oh. No, you don't have the rooms for that. <laughs>
0: So well, how did you manage when you were on property? You know, this uh relationship. I know that you just mentioned that your DOS was your mentor, mm-hmm. but I think also it's so much easier because it
1: sounds like you were on property as well, correct? Yes, yes. I was on property and the easier is not the word I would use, but <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, it it was, of course this I like this whole virtual way of learning and working that we have now. It does make things convenient. we can work wherever we want. but then I also do like having in-person facetime too and and before covid that's all we had. so I was on property all the time uh it is beneficial because we could kind of have those arguments and battle things out right there on property <laughs> when <laughs> things are going down. But then it also could be a big distraction. Of course, when you're on property with a lot of people and everybody has a lot of needs and people do want to battle it out on some group contract, um, you know, it can kind of take away from the work day. Um, uh, I feel like in our, in, in the situation that I was in, I definitely, um, a little, I was a little bit more spoiled of a re- revenue manager than some others were. I kind of had a better relationship with the sales team uh, that helped me to be able to do a little bit more of what I wanted <laughs> with the property. But, and yeah, in our scenario, it was more revenue and sales. And then there was the other side, which was conference services. So <laughs> that was the department that I did not have the 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 closest ties to, uh, that we kind of battled out a lot. Uh, but I mean, when things came down to, you know, sales and revenue having to go back and forth over who was going to get these rooms. I mean, that's exactly what the general manager wanted, what ownership wanted. We were, you know, in a situation before where we had too much inventory that, you know, we couldn't get rid of. And then, you know, once I came in and kind of had it out, you know, with sales, they had to be able to sell before I sold the rooms. And if they didn't sell those rooms before I did, then it's free game for me. You know, I'm, I'm here to make money. Um, and at the end of the day, it was all friendly competition and it was all for the betterment of the, the business. Uh, but then again, we we also learned um, how to strategize, how to, to come together. I would, sales and revenue meetings were together. So they knew what I was doing. I knew it was in the pipeline. We tried to kind of marry strategies together. Of course, the world isn't perfect, but you do what you can. When you have a team that likes working together, you can get things done. And that's that's what we did. Uh, going back to our leadership, our our DOS, you know, was actually in our uh, structure. The DOS was over both sales and revenue. And she made sure that we had a cohesive relationship. You know, we did those, uh, annual kind of camps or come togethers where we would strategize at the beginning of the year and, and talk about what we wanted to do and, and talk about our pain points and keep everything out in the open. So there wasn't ever any con- confusion on what was going on in our departments. That really was the key, um, to making sure that things moved s- smoothly in the hotel when it came to the money side of the business, you know, bringing in the revenue, uh, and so, and I think that is key everywhere you go. A lot of times when there are interdepartmental conflicts is because there is no cross-collaboration. It's because one department doesn't know what the other department is department is doing. Um, one department isn't involved in what the other department department is. If sales, you know, sells this contract, it's a $100,000 dream, you know, for the client. The client's happy because sales said that they could do everything. Uh, when it gets over to conference services, if they look at it and say, you know, this is 500 people, we only have space for 300. Why did you sell this? like, you know, it's, that's going to cause conflict. You need to know, everybody needs to know what the capabilities are, you know, what's coming down the pipeline, what the agreements are so that there can be, you know, one big happy event, um, at the end. So. Yeah, so. And
0: I, I definitely, I definitely love that, you know, cause it, it, you need to, to be aware what do you have to put it out there for your the client and make it happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but I also, I think, uh, There is definitely this challenge of, you know, when you are, uh, you're not aware of how creative you can be, for example, when you are not on property, right? So I definitely experienced some of those um, challenges myself. And, you know, I think in the hospitality industry too, you have to make sure you are uh, very creative, right? Creative with the space, creative with the amenities the hotel is offering, creative on especially on the relationships right I remember just really quick I had you know somebody stay in my hotel and it was the five year the the, the birthday of his daughter she was five and I was like oh my god you know the restaurant was closed. We didn't have a cake. I was like, don't worry. I'm going to go across the street, buy a real, you know, a nice little cake. We have the candles. Let's make it happen. So it's, it's like those uh, details, right? That I think it's so important when you are on property and to enhance, to make guests feel welcome and appreciated. Um, Personalization exactly exactly and this brings me to my next question which is um personal branding right so i am really passionate about it i've uh, you know i've that's the reason that i decided to launch the uh, leadership talks podcast about two years ago during the pandemic uh, but in our eyes monique uh, what do you say that you know right now in the hotels, uh, how can um the DOSs that are out there, you know, enhance this personal branding and then therefore, you know, sell their markets and sell their property?
1: Yes. It it a lot of it comes from knowing who is in your property. Like I love the example that you gave of just, you know, talking to that guest and making something special for them. We we had a saying in our, you know, old um values. It was like when you can't give the guest exactly what it is that they're they're needing. If there is something that they're missing, you offer them a better resolution. And that's I think exactly what you did there. The restaurant was closed. You went out just run across the street. It it cost you nothing really in the grand scheme of things to get a little cake and 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 you know surprise them. But now that guest you have that memory, but that guest also has that memory. And that was a very special memory to them. And that is going to stick with them whenever they think of your property or whenever they think of coming back to that destination that your property was in, they'll think of you first. That right there is the, the foundation of creating you know, your branding. You're swaying how people are, are thinking of you. And you're, you're giving them something that not everybody can give them. You know, That's not something that every single property would be able to do or would even think to do. Um, and so you, you start there. Uh, We also would, um, you know, greet people as they were coming in. We called it our our lobby lizard. You just go out and say, hi, talk to the people that are coming into your property, find out how they found out about you, what they, you know, why they're there uh, and what it is that you can do to enhance that stay. Even if it's just, if they're there for a conference, give them the directions to the convention center. Or if you have a a shuttle service, letting them know that, because that's, you know, something that maybe guests are missing during booking. Um, Personalizing things for, for groups that are coming in, knowing when it's somebody's birthday or anniversary when they're staying with you Uh, those are the the kind of the smaller things that make up the big grand scheme of of who your hotel can can possibly be Uh, but then also there's there's more of actually getting out there into the events getting involved on social media you know there are big you know things you can have a marketing budget of course Um, but um, when you're going out there and you're spending those big dollars if you're not actually working with the guests on the property that really is the driving factor there you can do all you want on social media you can do all you want on on google and, and the pay-per-clicks on your website and everything you know for the branding but if you don't talk to the guests you know what is it all for at the end of the day uh that 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 extra key there of really knowing what's going on physically in the hotel because you're present with it that makes all of the difference in my opinion uh, i totally agree and you know i
0: think i had a lot of those um experiences of one-on-one with gases especially when i went uh I had accepted a position here in a boutique hotel in Washington, D.C. Uh, Coming from New York, you know, we were really uh, contract, you know, bottom line driven. (laughs) And uh, when I came to Washington, I was able to have those special connections and really hands on with, you know, uh, the guests in the area, which uh, my uh, forte was the embassies in D.C., Mm -hmm. which, you know, is the home of every embassy in the world. Um, But also, I think, you know, back then, I had no idea until I actually started working the markets and how diverse and actually really inclusive you can be here in D.C. You know, I have attended, you know, on a beautiful, beautiful, many beautiful events, you know, at actually the, the embassies, you know, and just to be aware of, you know, oh my gosh, they have the passport DC, like for example, right, that you go, you visit the embassies in one day, I kid you not, my first year, I visited like 10 different embassies, and just like the learning about the culture and the music and the food, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I love this place. I wanted to be here, Um, but this comes, you know, to my next question. Uh, Because right now in the world that we are living, it's really trendy to say, oh, you know, this company is inclusive and diversity. It's all that I care about. And, you know, I love actually um, there are some examples of really, really amazing hotels in the area that are doing. um, They have like a specific person nominated to uh, work with diverse groups such as mine and yours. You know, Latinos and Blacks. So, what do you think um, about this trend, and do you think it's here to stay? What What is your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely hope it's here to stay. I think it's long overdue. I think it's actually a little strange that in you know 2023, this is something that is still kind of new. Um, you would think that you know diversity would just be a thing that everybody wanted a- across time, but yet here we are. Uh, Nevertheless, I think it is a very good thing, Uh, even for, you know, people who have considered themselves open to different cultures and religions and orientations or anything, you know, before, once it's really put on the forefront and you actually get an opportunity to learn about a different culture, or to learn about somebody else's experience and actually take the time, you know, in a setting where that is the purpose, I think it's very powerful. Um, Even me, myself, I've learned so much, even in my, I'm not old, but in my later years of life. (laughs) Um, uh, you know, just there's different foods that I've tasted different, you know, histories that I've learned about different people's countries and, and the different ways that people work and see the workforce. I mean, it it all plays into how we work together. And I feel like when we know more about each other and when we're open to more of other people's experiences and histories and lifestyles, it just, it'll help us all to be able to come together and, and be one more cohesive unit. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you know, we're all one human race, but we all come from very different, beautiful backgrounds. And I feel like it's it's always going to be a good thing to bring that in into the workforce, into your personal lives, into schools, wherever have you, um, just to make everybody more comfortable, to make everybody more inclusive, and to make everybody more knowledgeable. Um, So like I said, I wish it wasn't something that was so trendy right now, as long as we've been on this planet. Um, But I can't complain, you know, for where we at. I, I think a lot of places are getting it right. Um, And a lot of people are learning more because of it. Uh, There are just some places, you know, throughout the world where just naturally it's not that diverse. Um, so even though we're in a place that is very diverse, you and I are probably very used to a bunch of different cultures, especially you know with the experiences you've had all across the globe, um, and everybody doesn't have that. And, and sometimes there are gonna be scenarios where someone is coming from a place that wasn't diverse and now is in a place that is very diverse. Um, and so those kinds of conversations can be beneficial you know, across platforms, across areas, across people. So, I like. and
0: yeah I love that too you know and actually for me uh being a Latino woman right I'm from Brazil and actually I have a fun fact um I don't know if I've you know mentioned this on the podcast before but actually I started my sales career uh because I've met the general manager actually huge shout out to Mark Wright um we were in this um black Chamber of Commerce meeting it was an event. I remember it was like, you know, a weekday in the evening, and everybody was introducing themselves on the meeting, and I was the only non-Black, right, like the <laughs> Latino person in the room, mm-hmm. and everybody uh, was introducing themselves, and this guy uh, introduced him, and he said, yeah, I'm here because I'm Black, right, I'm the Black Chamber <laughs> <laughs> So then I came to my turn and I was like, hi, I'm Wilkin Aceminto. And I'm also here because I'm also black because I'm Brazilian. okay? (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's like, hey, you know, Brazil is so diverse, you know, and the color of my skin doesn't um, matter because in the end of the day, you know, we are a multi-culture, you know, we have people from everywhere, and for me, you know, I think being in this diverse world, coming to these states, it was always like, oh, I can't say where I'm from, because, you know, people already have a, a, a um, you know, this stereotype,
1: yeah, right,
0: of, oh my gosh, you, you're like somebody, you're going to carnival, I'm like, uh, sir, uh, <laughs> we are not here, you're here to check in, right, you're <laughs> not here to discuss yeah. somebody in Brazil, which I'm not, I never even been to Carnival, okay, so it's like sometimes the, the you know, I think it's so important to talk about diversity, because uh, you need to understand what is the message you're putting out there, yeah. you know, because sometimes is the stereotype that, you know, you're you're telling that person every time you meet somebody from that country you know like I had you know in that situation actually I was a little like oh my god here we go again you know like talking about where I'm from and I'm I'm just trying to help you you know and it doesn't it, it kind of offended me uh, at the time but then I understood right like the people that's the only thing they know yeah. um you know but I also I'm beyond that right like because it's been so many years that I've been here in the states about 15 now and you know one thing that I I always um that I've learned is that I have to keep my head up right and that's regardless of where I am if I'm in New York City if I'm in California if I'm in DC if I'm in Tennessee right so it's like you have to uh know who you are and you have to uh be that inspiration to the folks that are around you um so do you think uh, you know like that being a black woman in leadership is that an example that you're not just passing it on to your daughter and your son but also to the world
1: yeah and and every time we get into that topic it does make me nervous you know because you and i know you as a latina woman you know you you don't want to become that spokeswoman for the entire race or anything like that but <laughs> at the same time you you can't help that people start to look at you in that light you know once you you get into a place where where people admire you um you know for what you do or when you take on a role where you're telling people that you're a leader in a certain area it's it just naturally happens um i think it does though kind of give the pressure that you 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 can't do anything wrong um and that 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 that's the part i think that makes me nervous is like when you if you do have a misstep uh, when you're in a position where people are looking at you in that that very specific light, um, then it kind of becomes a misstep for multiple people. Uh, but that is why I think it is so important that we have that diversity and that inclusion conversation, um, just so that people eventually move away from the preconceived notions that they have about someone because of the color of their skin or because of their sex, you know, because we're women and, and we're in leadership, you know, there, you know, there's, you know, all these different things that, that people think. Um, but, I, I you know, I, I I think the conversations that we're having now are very important and, and they're they're very good. Um I tread lightly here. Um I I know who I am and and the what I represent for people like my children uh when they're they're looking up at uh, at me. And I know that that at the same time it just definitely gives me motivation to continue to keep being better. Um to be sure that I am representing you know who I am and everybody I'm that I that I'm representing in a good light in a positive light in a strong light, Um, all the good words that you can think of. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing I like I said I do hope that one day that when my children are older that. My, you know, my daughter isn't looked at as just a Black woman in leadership. I think that that is a beautiful thing. And I hope that she does take on that crown one day. Um, but even us as women, like I, I hope that it's never one day that it's not a thing anymore that, oh my God, that's the first women, woman to do X, Y, and Z. When are we gonna get to the point where, you know, there were 20 women in leadership above us, you know, that that's what I would like to see. But I think the conversation around diversity and inclusion is leading us there. Um, I think that you do see a lot more Black women in leadership I think that you do see a lot more just um, Latina women in leadership with minority women in general uh, now are are, moving up the ladder and are more prevalent and are more common than they were a few decades ago. Uh, so i'm I'm happy to continue on and and take on that torch. I hope to one day be a big woman in leadership that is really making impact that whose name is talked about, you know um, in a specific area. Uh, but then I hope that it is for good reason. Uh, that's what I'm working towards. no matter you know what color my skin is, what my background is, I just want to I want to be a positive light. you know, I want to be a leader that that people look to and say, yes, she did a good job and 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 this is the the fruit that came because of it. As well. Yeah.
0: well, Monique, uh, this day has come, okay? This, <laughs> uh, this podcast is recorded. Uh, your daughter, your children, your family, they can listen to it anytime, uh, starting tomorrow. <laughs> yes. And you are definitely a true leader that I admire and I look up to because in the end of the day too, um, the inspiration, the positive light uh, comes with a lot of hard work um, and you've, you've done it, you know, you have um, definitely given me some amazing feedback. Um, I know that I want to be data driven when I grow up, just like you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I think there's a bunch of different things we can be driven in, though, no matter who you are, like you have your own special <laughs> skill sets that I hope to take on myself one day. I, you know, I think we all have something that we can give to each other. We're all leaders in our own right.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So just to uh, close, um, what would you say uh, to the listeners uh, that are interested in continuing this journey in hospitality industry and or just to start? Because I think there is a lot of uh, folks that are were a little shaky, right? Like, oh, you know, this uh, big uh, challenge came about and I don't know if I want to continue or
1: come back or what would you uh, be your two cents on that? I'm always going to advocate for hospitality um I there's so many different directions you can go in like this is a the, I think just like me that word hospitality kind of shies a lot of people off people kind of run away from it because you you think it's one thing you think it's food service you think it's you know conferences um that are just happening or banquets or something but no there's There are so many different things that you can get involved in. And there are so many new opportunities that get created within hospitality every day. Like even me in my revenue manager's role, that role is not that old. There weren't revenue managers 30 years ago, you know? It's really just growing now and becoming a a, a big sector or a big position inside of hotels. Um, The whole diversity and inclusion officers that are getting added in everybody's, you know, organizations right now. But in hospitality, the business changes all the time. Um, It it has to in order to stay relevant, of course, but with that change always comes new opportunities, you can come into this field too and create your own path like that's the thing you you can go into a hotel or into a a sales team or you're outside even of a hotel on the marketing team and and find your own path, especially the young people that are you know coming up today like. Pretty soon every 10 years or so we see some new wave come, some new technology or some new thing that everybody is 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 driving and moving towards. Um, but those these people that are in, in schools now and in high school and in college are just coming out. They're they're coming into a time of a lot of change in this industry. And they're gonna be the ones that keep moving that change forward. Um, so I would always encourage people to to try out, you know, do an internship at a hotel or somewhere in the hospitality field and really get in and and work across the Different departments and see how dynamic they are, and and see where you fit in. I feel like there is a a, a position for everybody in this field. Um, I like I, I do say though, it isn't for everyone um, because it is a lot of work. It, it is a lot of hard work. Sometimes in the, in the hotel industry, we always say that's a twenty four hour business. You might have a nine to five job, you know, that you applied to and got hired for, uh, but the hotel doesn't close at, at two a.m. when there's the fire alarms going off. Somebody's got to handle it, you know. <laughs> um, so it, it is one that you you will do some work, uh, but you will also grow. You'll also meet some great people. Uh, my biggest advice is to definitely network because it's a very big industry, but actually very small. Once you get in, you'll, you'll notice if you're in for a lot of years, you come across the same faces, you meet a lot of the same people, you end up working with a lot of the same people at different places. Um, so it is, it's just a, a good thing to grow your network, meet those people and, and find your path and, and create it and, and go forward and be successful.
0: Well, that is awesome. I appreciate your time today, Monique. And I really uh, hope that your little ones, you know, appreciate to listen to this because you are amazing. Again, you know, I think, (laughs) and I think that, you know, sharing this with others um, and your, uh, how you started your career and where you are today, you know, and therefore you are an inspiration to me personally And I wanted to tell you this and to the world to listen because (laughs) I do look up to you and you are definitely a leader that I see you're going places and I will help you out on this um, digital, you know, marketing here. All of it. I need it all (laughs) (laughs) because I love I love everything that you do. And I think, you know, sometimes we when we are. Uh, own property and you know you get you're working behind the scenes uh, and even you know you're not you don't get like enough recognition Um, and I wanted to invite you today because I wanted to recognize that you do an amazing job um, being the leader that you are. And
1: thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Likewise, right back at you. I I just, we can't end without me just putting out there as well that it's been a pleasure getting to know you and working with you and learning from you as well. Um, I think you can't be a leader without being open to being, to learning from others as well. I mean, you're you're definitely a leader in your own light and you have so much to give people. And I I thank you for for everything that you've given to me too. And I hope to continue to to pull out from you.
0: (laughs) Yay. Thank you so much, everyone for listening this is the leadership talks podcast first episode of 2023 yeah. have a great day <laughs> bye bye